I really want to begin to open our minds to what I often call the human element within organizations. Uh, when we look at a brand, what does that brand say to us? Now, brands behave in an organic way, whether, it, whether it's Nike, a hospital, or even a person. It be- behaves in an organic way because the human mind processes it with emotion. Who here has loved a brand? Show of hands. One that you would stand up for and you really would say, I love that brand. Who here has hated a brand? <laughs> Who here has fought with a brand? And if you're a Vodafone customer and you heard me over the weekend, you might just realize how I'm feeling about Vodafone. Now, along many of those touch points and with my Vodafone interaction over the weekend, I had a lot of great people. But there was something broken in that customer experience. So I want us to begin to open our minds to what is brand. Okay? So when I look at the bridge logo, what does that say to you? Now, it may not be logical what you're experiencing when you look at this logo, but when I look at these logos, what are they saying to me? Why are logos different? Why don't we just have the name of our company and leave it there? Because that's logical. I don't need all this extra color and fluff. I don't need that little swirl. But it's actually telling me something as a consumer. It's setting the first level of my expectation. So very quickly with the bridge logo, it actually looks to many people like a three-color logo. But it's actually five colors. Because when you combine two things together, you create something new. And that's part of our brand. It's about bringing things together to create something new. The yellow represents the core of our business, which are our people. Having a much more bright perspective on the world. Being positive and energetic. The red, which is an arrow flowing outward, is our creativity. And those two lines is our strategic approach to the way we work with clients. So what was just a logo now is our story. And from that, we then have values. Who here has values in their organization? Come on, let's stretch our arms up. Come on, we've been working and sitting there too long. Yeah, but this is also part of your story. It was really interesting when I, in the first presentation with Anthony and Banner Health, one of theirs was customer obsessed. Actually, that was one of the values that we put in with one of our clients, a digital healthcare provider here in the UK. I love it. It originated from, Sta- or, uh, from Zappos, and you started seeing that customer obsessed. Actually, when it got translated to the population that we were working with, they didn't love it. It actually is a a little bit too far stretched. The word obsessed actually had a negative impact on them. But in the right climate, with the right explanation, it can be amazing. So even when I look at the bridge values, and I'm not here to sell bridge, but more about what values mean to your business. When you put values up on walls around your organization and say, there's our values, but you don't work with the population to translate them, they actually can become a deterrent. Because all of a sudden, everybody's translating them in their own way. And one person might see customer obsessed as positive, where other people might focus on the word obsessed. So it's, you're actually beginning to create more silos unless you engage in that. Because this should be at the heart of your business. So when I look at that, that's how I hire. When I look at that, that's how we work. Because we want to inspire collaborative energy, you know, pushing those boundaries, not doing it the same way. Sharing knowledge openly, whether it be speaking here or doing charity work. Uh, we t- we, I contribute one, mo- or one day a month to work with a charity 
on either confidence or things that our clients pay for. Uh, keeping it real and fun. I can't, you know, wearing, a, wearing a suit today was a bit hard for me because normally I've got colored trainers on and some kind of goofy outfit. But uh, no matter which one of those values, they are not just words, they're actions. So I want us to think about brand for a minute. Who here works for a brand? Show of hands again. Okay. Who here is a brand? Show of hands. You're all brands. When you actually look at how a brand behaves, what is it? It's something with a vision. It's something with an identity. It's something with a behavior pattern. It's always going to be unique to the environment in which it exists in. So you are all brands. And you should understand that the behaviors that you have also reflect on the promise of the brand in which you represent. So that's what true employee engagement is. So... I actually drew this up on a napkin when I set up Bridge about 14 years ago. We were one of the first people in the space that started looking at what, our, what, our, what is brand and how does that translate to what we call living brands? Because they actually exist in the same environment and they have to coexist with the same promise. So let's start over here, the virtual brand, whether that comes from your logo, your website, all of the things that you emanate from your organization sets your promise. And I often use like sometimes Virgin and BA. They both offer the same service, but do they behave in the same way? Has anybody ever flown BA? Have you flown Virgin? Were they different? Yeah. And you know what? Everybody's not a Virgin customer and everybody's not a BA customer, but they behave in very unique ways. And it's very interesting when you study the service they offer. Virgin offers what we call more experiential customer service. They get to know you, they're out there, they're present, so they can offer you that intuitive experience. Where BA sits back, and they wait to be called. And they are considered five-star service, but they just behave organically different, but set by the expectation of the brand. Red versus blue. It is like almost political parties in the air. Uh, so, But all of that emanates out, and you've got your brand promise, and that is supported by your mission. It is supported by your values, because those are the things that make businesses human. We all have a set of values that we live by, and we all are constantly changing and fluxing throughout our own journey in life or our journey through an organization. And I look at my own journey, and I, I grew up in Canada, and uh, and I often look at a period in my life when I rejected my mother's values and the things she instilled in me, which was to be kind and polite. And, and now I spend more time in the underground carrying bags and holding doors. Uh, but I've actually almost turned into the best part of my mother. Because of those values that she instilled in me, sometimes it took a while for them to organically instill in me. But now they're the things I'm most proud of because they came from the best mentor I could ever imagine. So all of that goes out to my customer. Now my expectation set. What will it be like when I engage with this? Now I want you to think that that customer just is not a patient. That's your employees. That's your consultants. That's you as an individual. Because the word customer no longer means somebody who just pays for your service. Customers in today's environment means people who engage with your service. And that are, that's your employees. 
That's your, that's your patience. That's your consultants because it has to emanate from a promise. There are organizations that I would not work with because they do not match my value system. When it goes out there, then I want you to think about it's out in the ethos. Now it's out there. And now the live environment is created. So by the time I've created that, that relationship, my people also have to understand where that connectivity sits. Because we're actually asking people, especially in private healthcare, and in a very emotive environment, to deliver on all of these services in an organic state that really is very difficult when you're managing a culture. You know, private, private hospitals that we've worked with, they create silos. Has anybody ever worked in an organization with a silo mentality? Those who haven't, lucky, because they exist. But often we create that organically because as long as I don't get to know you, I can blame you. That's why we do it. It's just human behavior. So if I was to recommend what you want to do, and again, we're on a very short timeline here, but take one moment and just stop. And look at the whole organic state, not only your brand promise, not only the way it's it's setting that expectation, but the delivery of your people and what they are experiencing every day. And when I sit down with a client, these are three simple questions I ask them to get started. Where are you now? Let's explore it. Be real. There's no point in pretending that something's not broken or pretending that things are going right or wrong it is just where you are now it's it's called the it's called life it's a timeline every timeline experiences in the same way past present future so take a moment and strategically look at where you are now where do you want to be now we call that timelining go into the future what would it look like feel like sound like when we're in the future and the best organization and the best versions of ourselves? and then what are you going to do about it And that's when you begin to build your strategy. Because at all times within any organization, we're balancing brand and culture. Brand is the promise. And culture is that, that, uh, that organic state of people having to come together to create unification and the strength to deliver on the brand. So when you look at the brand values in your business and those who have them uh, or those who don't, They are the things that are required to make it uh, human and also to guide it. Because my values guide me in life as yours do yours. But what are the values that guide your people? Now, this goes back about three or four years ago. And it was David Marshall, when he was CEO of uh, HJE. Him and I sat down together and he wanted to put a customer service program in place. A one or two day customer service program. I said, you're going to waste your money. Because that's not what's required by your business right now. It's about changing the mindset that service is important, not just teaching them how to listen and talk and do the customer service off the shelf. And when I began to engage with some people in the organization, I heard language like this, and I still do it with with clients, is I'm a clinician or I work in private healthcare. Why do I need to offer great customer service? I save lives every day. And that is actually a true quote that someone once said to me. But then we have to look at the versus side of that, which is what sits at the core of that brand, which is the human element. There is so much research that we now see on the market about wellness and the impact that great service has not only on the patient experience, but also on the employee experience. 
So I want you to ask this question to yourself. This was a bit of, because this was a bit of research we did with another one of our private healthcare clients. And I asked two simple questions to the, to the community. As a human, what do you want? What do you want in life? What will make you happy? And we got quite a great number of answers. And then I asked the same question, but as an organizational citizen, somebody who works for this organization, what do you want? What do you want to achieve? And interestingly enough, these were the answers that sat highest on both lists. People, whether they were being themselves or people when they were representing the organization and, 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 and the emotive environment of a, of a private hospital or any hospital, I should say, should say uh, was trust. They wanted to have trust with the people that they worked with or lived with or communicated with. Compassion, people who got to feel for them just as much as they felt for other people. Stability, they needed some level of stability in all aspects of their life to feel comfortable. And hope, that there is something in the future that they have an opportunity to make a difference in. So connecting all of these dots together, I mean, this is, I mean, this could go, I could speak all day just on this one slide. But you start with your brand, and your brand is your promise. The reason at Bridge, and the reason I believe in what we do, is then I need to connect the employees to something. We talk about employee engagement. Well, it's in the word engagement. What are you engaging them to? And we're not definitely, as humans, we're not often engaged by the tasks that which we do every day. If you look at all the tasks you do every day, how much do they engage you? Versus the greater good that when they connect together. Then we look at the beliefs because once you do the brand, you get the employees, the culture begins to formulate itself. It takes a life of its own because it needs to have ownership. That's when your people work together. Then we can begin to look at that customer experience. Now, all these stuff that we talked about earlier is so important to feed this in terms of mapping and understanding. But that also should be what's in the brand promise. Don't promise stuff you cannot deliver on. And then once we get that experience, then you get your future loyalty. People will respect you, come back to you on a regular basis. I don't know if anybody ever worked for Bupa. One of our clients is Cromwell Hospital, uh, Bupa Cromwell. Um, And this was the journey that we experienced with them. I remember when we first started working with them, I went, wow, seven values. That's going to be a big story to tell. But it's a great story because it's their story. When I talk about connecting people to the values of the organization, it's because that's the one constant in all of your organizations is the thing that makes you unique is your brand. And inside that brand, then you can begin to create an engagement program. So each one of those, if I just left it to the translation of anybody, they could be very different. However, when you utilize them as part of your brand, because a brand behaves in an organic way. So it's about hearing the voice of your employee, getting them to contribute to that brand. Um, And each one of these things is is the steps in which you're working towards. And again, on a short presentation, I can't go too deep. But if anybody has any questions, I'm around all day. That's what a transformation timeline looks like. You know, it has to be detailed. It's not a matter of just throwing some training out there on customer service or, or things which I often hear called soft skills. Teaching people to commit and behave in certain ways is never going to be a soft skill. 
But that's a timeline for one project that we worked on. But I also wanted to just show you the care logo for the Cromwell Hospital, for Bupa Cromwell, because it also has its own story, because that's the employee brand. And inside that, if you look at it, uh, it's actually a family tree. And it has the seven Bupa values being represented by people, moving around it and being flexible and dynamic. And it actually has a time and it has a strap line that part of our family, part of our future. And that's simply because that's their brand. We do a lot of research initially before we do any kind of uh, training and workshops and stuff is to first hear the voice. Our jobs is to sit between the world of advertising and behaviorists, but to combine the two, that was what they said in the stories and the detail that we got from all the population was that's the way they saw the world. Not in its current state, but in its desired state. And it takes a lot of influences. I mean, we're a bespoke agency, so nothing comes off the shelf. For us, I have to get inside a DNA of a brand. I have to get inside a DNA of a culture. And then we have to create solutions that represent them. I personally believe the day of off-the-shelf training when it comes to humans is just, thankfully, hopefully on its, on its last legs. Because how do we ever create off-the-shelf development uh, solutions for people? Because <laughs> we don't sit on a shelf. We're constantly dynamic and constantly changing. So a program needs to be bespoke to you and your organization, in my opinion. Now, that you don't need to hire consultants to do that. You just need to look at your organization and the uniqueness in which it is. You know, change the mindset from soft skills to customer experiences being driven by your people every day. But people who are emotive and people who are under stress and people who are living in silos. So the, or- the organic state of the organization needs to be looked at because that's where they live. So this, this is a very short uh, uh, conclusion. Three things, and this comes out of research from Daniel Pink and uh, his book Drive, uh, but I utilize it in different ways and, and often is autonomy, mastery, and purpose are three core things that drive human engagement, not only in business, but in life. Autonomy is our, is our human desire to be free. But in an organizational way, it's to have our voice heard, to be a participant, not to be a done-to person, but to actually be an active person. So autonomy is not about just free will. Autonomy is also about being heard and participating. Mastery is our human desire to be better at stuff. And if anybody's ever learned another language, not because you wanted to get a job, just because you want to learn a language or learn an instrument, simply because in the human DNA, we have a desire to be challenged and a desire to be better. So ensure that your employees have those opportunities and purpose. Purpose is our human desire to do stuff that goes beyond the tasks I do every day, but do stuff that has a higher reason. And I think there's no greater uh, ability within private healthcare or any form of healthcare. The purpose of, of working with people and engaging with them and giving the ability for wellness or support when not the ability for wellness, uh, I think has an incredible higher purpose. So just in conclusion, if I leave you with three touch points, be innovative and ensure your approach is, approach is fresh. If I, if I encourage you to go back and look at your brand, look at it in a different lens. Look at it through the lens of the customer and the promise and even in the logo and the way it's colored. But that is where your promise sits. That's where the customer experience sits. 
be inspired and stand out as a leader. I believe leadership is about being on the shop floor. It's not being stuck in meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting and boardroom after boardroom. Walk the floor and have the real idea of what your people are going through. And, and, and finally, be open to the, all the employees. When you get out there on the shop floor, you, as I say, you uncover your heroes, your artists, your enthusiasts. Your, because the culture that exists in any organization is dynamic simply because it's unique. And the stories of your people need to be shared because I often hear where people had a great customer experience and only one department heard about it. If you talk about a customer journey, everybody played a part in that. So please look at the connection between your employees and your brand because they, they are two sides of the same coin.